0: Welcome to another episode of the Comic Source. I'm your host, Jace. Special treat for you today. I hope you all had a chance to listen to our Energon episode from San Diego Comic-Con. Just teasing things, talking about Void Rivals. Uh, Joshua Williamson, one of our favorite writers, was was on that panel. Couldn't say a lot about his project in the Energon universe, uh, G.I. Joe, at the time. But he's here today, along with the artist Tom Riley, to talk about the first issue of Duke and tease uh, what's to come. So, Josh, thanks for taking the time. Great to have you back on yeah yeah it's good to see you again thank you for having me yeah and tom welcome to uh the show for uh the first time we'll we'll have some questions for you as well in terms of design and and all that kind of thing but uh i wanted to kick it off josh by r- let's give our listeners an idea of what the the energon universe is right because it was teased with void void rivals it was a surprise that the transformers were in there daniel warren johnson's doing transformers i think the third issue comes out this week uh, and now we're bringing in another Hasbo property, kind of in that same vein, very beloved uh, G.I. Joe. So talk a little bit about the Energon universe overall as you see
1: it from a creative standpoint. Oh, yeah. So the Energon universe is a shared universe between these different properties, between the G.I. Joe property, the Transformers property, and then the Void Rivals uh, property and storyline. And you can kind of see these this connective tissue between these three uh, properties. I wouldn't call them universes because it's all one universe, right? Like, but- we're essentially doing a, a re—not a retelling. Like we're telling our own version of the origin of these stories. Like we're doing our own take on GI Joe and Transformers, but we're also showing how one impacts the other. Right. So it's like if these worlds are colliding, how does that impact those two worlds? And then how does it change them? And and, and once you insert boy rivals into the mix, and you start seeing how that is impacting the story. Uh, it really changes things, and so we're doing. You know, for lack of a better phrase, we, we were calling it like Ultimate GI Joe at one point, just as a to give you an idea of what it was. We were trying to start off at the beginning. You know, we really wanted to make sure we could start this from the beginning. So, to me, it's been you know a shared universe, and these multiple properties that we're starting from from the beginning. You to kind of be at the the ground floor of a new, really big story that we're telling.
0: Yeah, it's, and it's building rather quickly, and it's very fun and exciting. And let me ask you, Tom, when it, when it comes to having this kind of shared universe, uh, very different art styles. When we talk about Danny Warren Johnson, you know, writing, but it's also his art on Transformers. And we have Lorenzo Di Felice on Void Rivals, which has been amazing, very strong storytelling. Now you're coming in with G.I. Joe, you know, maybe more focused on something that's a little more relatable in terms of it, it's going to be humans, you know, it's not aliens, it's not robots. Um, but again, very strong. Uh, storytelling. So have you talked to the other artists about any sort of kind of shared vision in terms of how you want the world to look? Are you guys just kind of out there on your own, trusting your your talent to tell the best story you can?
2: We're all kind of just, like you said, doing our own thing, going our own way. When things kind of collide, match up, you got to kind of get in touch and make sure that some things visually are on point between issues and things. But it's mostly just Daniel doing his thing, Lorenzo doing his thing, and me doing my thing. And uh, they're both doing great work on their books. I think that I'm honored to be part of this with them because they're great artists and they're some of the best in the game right now. So I think that Mm. there's a pretty good stable here of talent uh, uh, starting this thing off.
0: Yeah, it was interesting. uh, at San Diego, Daniel mentioned, uh, you know, he's got such an organic style. He took on Transformers, not realizing, man, I'm really not that great at drawing straight lines. Uh, So (laughs) let me ask you, you, so you get to draw, uh, you know, humans, like I said, but the other thing that G.I. Joe is very known for is its equipment, right? Uh, The tanks and the accuracy of uh, weapons and that sort of thing. So are you leaning that direction? You know, are you actually looking at reference material for ordnance and that kind of thing? Are you just kind of winging it and drawing what you think
1: looks cool?
2: I am doing research. I'm doing a lot of research. It might not all be 100% correct, but I am looking at like standard issue military technology and equipment and using that as like information for things that I come up with that I design. So I am trying to kind of ground a lot of it. It might not all be 100% accurate, but it's all coming from a place of I'd like it to look tangible, realistic stuff that, could exist right and uh yeah that's sort of what i'm doing i might buy the new call of duty game just to look at all the guns there you go
0: (laughs) yeah you can write it off tax purposes for work i maybe i could
2: yeah i don't (laughs) actually want to play that much because they're all very mean on there (laughs) well Well, i I, I do need to look at all like the weapons
0: Enough. Yeah, yeah. And again, a uh, fantastic game. And uh, yeah, very accurate when it comes to to that sort of thing. And I know you have a, an appreciation for that, Josh, kind of growing up, uh, coming from a military family. I know you loved G.I. Joe as a kid, and that's kind of a, a, a dream come true. So I'm sure you appreciate the authenticity. Uh, you're coming at it from a storytelling standpoint as well. That's kind of the sense I got in, in Duke 1 that we'll tease a little bit here. A very, you know, Duke, the way you write um, him, he, he comes across as um, – a very realistic uh, reaction to kind of that little bit that we saw of him in transformers too. So how important is that for you to obviously you want to tell the story you want to tell, but you, I, I know you just, you have respect and and you want to have
1: it come across as realistic as we can. We're talking comic books, right? Transformers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I go back and you look at who Duke is, right? So it's like, we, you know, I went back and I looked at a lot of like Duke stories and back to who he was at his core and that's really what those first three pages about is like, this is who Duke is at, at his core. But then we throw Starscream at him, you know? And like, how does that change him, you know? And, and how is he different afterward? And then what is the journey he goes on after that? And, and, and that's how I, I wrote him, you know? I was like, okay, I'm going I'm to write Duke as Duke the way, the way we, we, you know, know and love him. But then I also make the story mine. And then we have this, this traumatic event happen to him that really breaks his worldview. And so I I wanted to expand on from there and show him react. I think one of the things we need to do in comics is remember that they are human characters and they need to react to things. Right. I remember this was even something early on. It was a note I got at DC where it was like, you have to let your characters react to stuff. Like let them react, let them actually, you know, I remember when I was in uh, Brian Michael Bennis's writing class, um, you know, almost, almost uh, God, like 13 years ago, and he talked about this he was like characters should react to what other characters are doing and saying like that it was a very simple thing right and when even when we i've been working on the dc stuff I, I've, I've worked on you know there are times where we're in the writer's room uh for different dc projects and we just slow down and we go okay now how like this thing just happened how is somebody gonna react to this right like what actually would happen next you know and with this we get to really do that and we get to have the room to breathe and show duke sort of really react to this thing that completely blows away what he thought his world was. And, and it makes him question his world and then question himself. And that's a lot of what we're, we're doing in this story. And so for me, it was about just taking him and then, you know, it's like every good story, like something happens and they characters have to deal with it, you know, whether it's good or bad. And that's what this is, is showing him go on this journey of having to actually deal with something that, that, that happened. Um, and then it basically like, it breaks his world but then brings him into a, a much bigger world that he did not know existed. And that's where you get to kind of see, and we get to use Duke as our point of view onto this world. And because we know some of this world, you know, like we, we do know some of the G.I. Joe and Transformer world, having Duke act as our point of view going into that world, it allows it to bring in the familiar pieces, but then also those new pieces that we're, we're throwing at him and throwing at the readers
0: so uh, I I got the sense uh, when we spoke in San Diego that the the big one of the bigger challenges that you're facing is is to have patience, right? Like I know you love these properties. You mentioned, you know, everybody asks, yeah. well, when's this character going to show up? When's this character going to show up? You got to yeah. take your time. Uh, so I did want to ask in terms of the timing for Duke. Was it a situation where you know Void Rivals came out? We got the tease of Transformers and Transformers comes out. This is the point in the story that's where Duke comes in, where we start to see kind of the the origin of this version of Joe. So that's what, what it was in terms of, of timing. This is the point in the story where the GI Joe, the Cobra world starts to build.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And we had, you know, we had had a lot of conversations between, um, you know, Robert, uh, Sean Mackowitz and Daniel and I um, about this of like, literally, I mean, I think it was like, geez, over a year ago, I mean, we'd obviously been working on this for a very long time. Like, I've I've said this before, but it's like I started talking to Skybound about about this maybe like five or six years ago. And then we really started working on it, you know, easily more than two years ago. But then about a year ago, you know, we, we knew what we were all doing. And then it was a matter of like, okay, what is the actual timeline? I'm obsessed with timelines. Like whenever people are talking to me about any kind of like, and I have this experience because of DC again, and it's like, whenever we would be building out these big events or these stories, I would always be like, how does it look on a calendar? Like let's actually put on a calendar and see when do these things come out how do they roll out? And then how do you connect these pieces? Like it was a big, big part we did metal and death metal and dark crisis. Mm-hmm. of like how these pieces connect and roll out and no, no pun intended, but that was what this was like, you know, when we started talking about this of like, okay, what is the actual rollout? Like when Void Rivals hits, Right. And then Transformers hits and then Duke and then Cobra commander. And you'll really see that. So it's like, there's connective tissue with Duke and Transformers. There's connective tissue with Cobra commander and and Transformers. You're going to see it as we go, but it was really just a, it, it was organic, but then very planned, you know, it was very much like a lot of conversations to make sure this is where the story, again, this is how these pieces roll out, to tell a bigger story. But at the same time, we wanted to make sure that if you only wanted to read the GI Joe books, you could do that, right? Like you could do that. You're going to miss part of it, but you'll still get an enjoyable experience. But there's obviously a much bigger tapestry, a much bigger piece that's being built around it. But yeah, it was just a lot of uh, a lot of talking, a lot of planning, and then it was like, this is where this this is where these things organically make sense to launch, and uh, and then just you know following that path with these books.
0: Now, what about you, Tom? Is it an exercise in patience as well? Are you anxious to draw some of these kind of, kind of classic G.I. Joe characters? But I, but I have to think also on the other side, it's like once, you's the, once you start introducing a lot of these known characters, now you're drawing a book with, you know, 10 characters in a panel and it becomes more of a challenge.
2: Yeah, G.I.L. eventually going to become the ultimate team book. And you can see that in Larry Hama's real American hero right now. I think mm-hmm. uh, Chris mm-hmm. Mooneyham has drawn like 30 people – in some panels, just insane stuff, a bunch of vehicles. Yeah. So eventually, it'll get there. I don't know how many years down the line, but uh, visually, it definitely is still an exercise in patience. There's some things you want to draw, some cool GI Joe or Cobra vehicle that might not have been built yet. Maybe it's just a blueprint, so right. you don't yeah. you don't get to play with all the toys, you know.
1: Well, that's it, pun intended. Though right there yeah i mean that is the stuff that that i struggle with because it's like you know i want to i want to play with all the toys and so it's like that is the patience stuff of like you know every issue is is a game of patience of like can i introduce this character right now does it make sense is it just me being like a fan of the property and wanting to write that character being like oh you know tom is gonna draw the shit out of this so i'm gonna put this in here you know or is it doesn't actually make sense with the story, and and that's that's the joke that Robert and Sean would always was make every interview we do. Uh, they started calling it. I was just talking. I had lunch with Robert and Sean on Monday, and we were just talking about this. Of like, Sean likes to call it the Josh Williamson special because Sean will sit down and he'll be reading a script, and all of a sudden I bring a character that <laughs> wasn't in the outline, and Sean is like, "What are you doing? What are you doing?" Like. You, you know, that's not right yet. And I'm like, well, here's why it makes sense. And I explain it and he's like, well, okay. And then sometimes, sometimes he's like, no. Like, originally uh, Firefly and it was actually was part of the lesson I learned. And it was right. Like, Firefly was in issue one, but he was, like, in the background of a scene. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, part of it because I love Firefly. But if I love that character, I should make them, when they finally show up, that it is the coolest thing right. possible right like it has to be like oh this is this is a rad rad moment um and so that actually changed how i ended up introducing characters after that where it was like okay i never want to have a character we brought in as a background element i want to make sure they're always brought in as something they have a cool moment when they're getting brought in and so that was a lesson i learned about the patience of just not being like oh i want to throw all these characters into every scene like you- you know oh this character this this toy came in the mail today this is a real thing in my head sometimes mm-hmm. like oh this this gi joe classified came in the mail today i'm gonna put that in the book i can't do that <laughs> like i have to i have to slow down a little bit and just and be respectful of that character and, and recognize that like every character is someone's favorite and so to make sure that when they are introduced you're like oh cool being respectful of who that character is and they're not being treated like a background element and so that, that's really what they talk about a lot with the the patience stuff and and i remember robert you know a year ago we were talking about this and he was sort of just like you know he was really like yeah we can we have room to breathe with this story we should let it breathe and, and so that's you know all these like lessons i had to learn uh, with it and yeah it, it worked out yeah it's
0: a good plan i was gonna say the same thing every every gi joe is somebody's favorite so you don't want You know i don't want my favorites to just kind of you know show up with a whimper as opposed to oh man when firefly showed up you know he's such a fantastic character or you know some of the beloved you know most favorite characters snake eyes storm shadow that that sort of thing uh but kind of along those same lines with uh with such a large cast i think one of the things that i love so much about g.i joe and it's true of what hama did and is doing in real american hero and even in the cartoon which obviously was aimed at kind of a younger audience it's the character interactions, right? That really make it, you know, whether it's roadblock and shipwreck, you know, buddy, buddy or, or whoever yeah, for um, sure. you have to get, again, have to get to that point, have to exercise and patience to, to get there. But is that something that you're very uh, aware and cognizant of like the, the different relationship and interactions and dynamics? And once you get there, is that, is it fun to, to explore those relationships or is it more challenging?
1: No, it's really fun. It's really fun to show these characters, you know, clash against each other in kind of this new world that we're building. Um, I can't really get into it because too many it's too many spoilers. Right, one hundred percent. You know, it's like, and we, we've already spoiled some of the casts. Like we've had teaser images. There's there's a, a poster that Skybound um, release that's like dual side, it has a Cobra side, a G.I. Joe side that has a lot of our casts in it. Um, the part of why I chose that those those casts because I I like seeing them bounce off each other. And there's actually characters that we that are very important. Oh, hold on there actually are characters that are very important i gotta plug my ipad uh, there are characters that are very important that we haven't uh revealed yet that part of why we brought them in was just because of that reason that i can i could show them do uh just react against each other you know but again i don't want to get into it too much because it will spoil the book <laughs> Yeah, hundred percent. We don't, we don't want to spoil. We want a chance to
0: experience it and and have yeah. the uh, story breathe as well. Uh, like you said, but uh, let me ask you this Tom, when it comes to, you know, we talked a little bit about kind of the, the shared, you know, energy on universe and any uh, aesthetics that, that may be the same. Obviously, as you said, when things cross over, you've got to talk to your fellow artists, but when it came specifically to designing the look and the feel of, of what we have for, for Duke, especially with issue one is as Josh said, his world's been turned upside down by this event that happened. Um, was it really easy for you to kind of establish the kind of the tone of the, the world? Was that all on you? Did Josh just say, Hey, go for it. Or was there some back and forth in terms of, Hey, how do we want this to look? There's a little bit of uh, again, without getting too spoiler, a little bit of a kind of a conspiracy sort of feel to uh, what's going on mm-hmm. in, Duke, in Duke number one.
2: It is like, it's kind of like a thriller, political thriller sort of story spy book Mm -hmm. so i kind of was trying to spin it that way as for duke himself josh had a specific idea of what he wanted him to look like in words and then Mm -hmm. i had to visually figure it out he wanted kind of a scruffy beat up guy in like street clothes and then i took that and i fleshed it out from there and he kind of goes in several different directions throughout course of the book and uh the tone of the book sort of shifts too as the issues go on things get a little heavier a little more actiony or a little bit more subdued sort of conversational so it was fun to get to kind of play with how i was going to spin each issue yeah, you've
0: got to keep I, it visu- visually interesting when it's just people in a room talking, which I, I think sometimes suspense or thriller can can lean that way. And then ter- in terms of technical, is it w- when you want to get that tone of a kind of a, uh, you know, secrecy, spy thriller, that sort of thing, is it using more shadow to kind of convey that? Uh, I know color obviously comes in, Jordy Blair, uh, super talented colors. Color comes in yeah. as well in, in setting the tone, right?
2: Yeah, that ties it all together, the colors, and Jordy is a master colorist, so she can pick colors that set the mood expertly super well. And yeah. it does, in order to set the mood for me, yeah, where I place the shadows a lot of the time will help me set the mood, different angles, how I choose to frame panels. Um, In the preview pages, you saw that I did like the window shade like noir mm-hmm. thing on I kind of regret doing that because I had to do that in every <laughs> panel for like five pages and I was hating myself at the very end of those but it helped set the scene and set the mood so sometimes even if you don't want to do it you uh it pays to kind of do some things that can help you kind of sell yeah,
0: that's, the mood uh, that you want. Yeah and, it, yeah and it works expertly and again Jordy's colors really uh, tie it all together so for you, Josh, again, we don't want to get too spoilery, but in terms of if somebody's like, well, why should I pick up Duke 1? Like, what what is this about? Like, I know I know, G.I. Joe. I know the story. Like, again, this is a, kind of an original take. You guys are doing your version of it. Uh, but what would you tell somebody who's kind of on the fence about whether they should jump on with Duke 1? Maybe I'm going
1: to wait till the rest of the characters show up, that, that kind of thing. What, what would you uh, say to a, a reader? Well, I definitely wouldn't wait. <laughs> I wouldn't wait till more characters show up because it's going to be it's be some time. But I think there's be some surprises here. I think that if you are coming at it and you are a, it's tough because there's two sides to this, right? Like if you're a GI Joe fan and like me and and you're coming into it and you're like, well, I know this, my, my question back would be like, do you, like you don't know this version. Right. And I would say to somebody who's a GI Joe fan, what I would say to them is like, listen, we're building this from a place of love. Like we love it too. So come with us, like come in and check this thing out, you know, see how we're doing something different, how we're taking, this franchise that we really love and we're putting a new spin on it, uh, that's what I would say to you is, like, come and check it out with that. You know, like, we really are putting a lot of love into this and a lot of respect into it. If you were somebody who was never... Because that was important, too, right? Like, when we started building this out, it was that balancing act of being, like, you know, me as being somebody who's a big GI Joe fan, I had to be, like, okay, I have to be happy, too, right? But we did want to build it for a new audience we wanted to build it for people who are new comic book readers or new people who might be interested they might be hearing like the hype around energon universe like a new york comic-con uh after we had the panel i had people come to my table and they were like i never thought i'd be buying a j.i. joe comic but here we are <laughs> and i was like i'm glad that you're like you're, you're buying into the hype like you're getting hyped too you know um you know if you just want a really cool action-packed like espionage comic that's also part of a shared universe come with us you know like it's, it's the same thing you know it's like i think what we're doing we're building with this story is something really exciting and really fun and uh it's all those things that i love about comics like I, I, or we're putting into the energon universe so if you love comics i think it's definitely a book you should check out
0: yeah, I mean, I would say as somebody who's read, you know, all of these, I'm I'm up up to date, uh, even with the one uh, Transformers three that came out this week. It's just so, yeah, you used the perfect word. It's it's just fun, right? And you, we can tell yeah. that new creators are having fun doing it. And if every time, you know, in, in Duke One, there's a reference to something happening Transformers. Every time in Void Rivals, uh, Energon is mentioned, or, or you know, some of the aliens, or you know, Cybertron, or whatever. The little crossover droplets. Yep. It's just like, oh yeah, I know that. It's just so much fun as a reader. So I imagine as a creator, that has
1: to be a lot of fun too to put in those little those little tie-ins, if you will. Yeah, I mean, I think that you know, like when I'm when I'm reading comics, like I I want that escapism, and I think that's what we're offering with this. You know, it is fun, it is emotional. You know, it's still a very a modern emotional story, and we're putting a lot of putting a lot of work into it. But yeah, we want to have that level of escapism where you can sit down and just really like give yourself up to the story and let it, let us bring you into, you know, like let us, and that, that's how, when I was writing this book, that's how i approach approached it. Especially issue one, like issue ones, I'm always like, it's an introduction to a world and you need to treat it like that. And you want to be able to open the door up for somebody. You don't want to hold their hand, you know, you want to open the door up for them so that they can come in. And that's what I think we're building with all of this. And I think you can tell people, you can tell that all of us really love it and are just having a good, a good time with it. You know, it's uh, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Well, uh, you have Cobra Commander coming out as well. So
0: I I should also say, everybody, so Duke comes out on uh, December 27th. So Mm -hmm. you need to let your comic shop know now, hey, save me a copy. Make sure you don't miss it. And then we've got Cobra Commander coming next month, January 17th, uh, that you're writing as well with uh, uh, Andrea Milani as the artist. Is it a different headspace to write write Cobra? I mean, a lot of times G.I. Joe, you know, it's in the same book, right? You have G.I. Joe in the book. You have Cobra in the book. We're starting off with separate series here. Is it a different headspace uh, t- when you're writing Cobra commander versus writing
1: Duke, or is it all kind of coming from the same place? Uh, well, they came from the same place, but they are different, you know, they're different books, they're different kinds of books. Like this is an action espionage thriller. That one is a bit more of a horror book. You know, it's a weird, it's a weird comic, Like I, I, I told this story before, but it's like when I turned in Cobra Commander number one, I literally was like, there's no way they're letting me do this book. Like This will not, this will, I will get noted. It'll get changed and that is not what happened like they embraced what we were doing with that book um you know and that book came out of a conversation originally there was no cover commander book originally it was a duke book and then cover commander had scenes in the duke book there was a build-up and stuff with him and we talked about him potentially being in the Transformers book we had different stuff of like he might be a connective tissue and and then we were having this meeting and we started talking about him and i was like well you know what i find really interesting is if we did something that was like parallel journeys where it's like Duke's on one journey, cowork founders on another journey. And we kind of see how those things will potentially clash, mm-hmm. but they were on this parallel journey. Right. And they're, they're starting in different places, they end in different places, but in, oddly enough, they're kind of doing something very similar. Uh, they're both questioning things at the same time. And we were having this meeting and I remember it was, you know, yeah, it was me, Sean, Robert, and Daniel, and we were just talking and then it came up of like, Oh, do you think we should do a cowork founder book? And I was like, yeah, I think, Actually, I think we should. Now that we're talking about it, we should. And, like, do you want to write it? And I was like, yeah, I guess I kind of have to. <laughs> like, yeah. But also, it was like, I have to, but I want to. Because mm-hmm. I love Cobra Commander. Um, and so, with me, with every book I work on... This is really what comes out. With every book I work on, I have to hear the voice of the main character. Like, I always... Every book I work on, I kind of center it around somebody's voice. With Nailbiter, it was always Warren's voice. Like, every issue is based around that. But every book I work on, I kind of take a step back and I go, okay, who's the voice of this issue, right? It's like Green Arrow, it's, it was Ollie. and Like, there's an issue of, of Green Arrow coming up that is Connor Hawk. But so with here, it was like, okay, this is this is Duke's voice for Duke. And then co Manner, this is co Manner's voice. And then everything kind of expands from that. So that's really the big difference, is that the, because those two characters are so different, that though it becomes a different headspace to write both of them, but they're organically together, you know, and they are part of the same story in the same universe that we're building. Yeah. And you'll get a chance to see a a few uh,
0: teaser pages, everybody in Duke one of Cobra commander one, and they're super terrifying and really awesome. And I I can't wait for it. Uh, So as we're winding down here, let me ask you, Tom, uh, what issue uh, in terms of Duke, how far are you in terms of things that you've actually uh, drawn?
2: I'm a little bit over halfway done. Um, closer to, I guess, I'm terrible at math, so I'm trying to figure out the percentage here. <laughs> closer to 60%, man. something like that. Okay, so, without,
0: without spoiling, because we don't want to spoil, but uh, is there something that you've drawn, something that Josh wrote, a, a story beat, a scene, uh, what have you? Uh, that you can't wait till the issue comes out so people can, you know, look at that page or the splash or the panel or whatever, and it's just going to blow their mind. You can't see what people have to say. Is there one that comes to mind when I ask that question?
2: I think there's something in every issue, just one one thing that I can't wait for people to take a look at. I've yet to get to the one specifically in this issue, but I'm super excited. To, that'll be a oh. good day at the office that I get to draw that. So
1: Yeah, there's some 7-3 that's really cool. There's a, there's a scene in two that I'm – like you really killed it! I'm, I'm excited for people to see. There's a like a, there's a two page. Well, it's the middle two page spread. Not that really one, the middle one that I'm like yeah. people are about with that whole that whole sequence is so cool.
2: So there's I think there's a thing every issue that is yeah. super exciting, and I'm looking forward to people checking out.
1: There's a splash page in two that I I super duper love. That I think it's going to be like a hell yeah moment for some people. So it's <laughs> it's, it's a, yeah yeah. Uh well.
0: Fantastic chat, gentlemen. Uh, Really excited. Again, everybody, uh, Duke out on December 27th. Let your comic shop know now that you want a copy. Might as well pre-order Cobra Commander 1 as well. And go back if you haven't been reading Void Rivals, if you haven't been reading Transformers, go back, pick up those issues. Because as Josh said at the top here, if you're reading them all in in the Energon universe, you just get so much more context. It's so much more fun. uh, And it's just a fantastic journey uh, so far. So, gentlemen, happy holidays to uh, you and yours. Thanks for joining me.
2: Thanks. Happy holidays to you, too. You
0: too, Jace. Talk to you later. Yeah, and for all you listeners, we appreciate the support and for you joining us as always, and we'll talk to you next time. You can find the Comic Source Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or whichever podcasting app you prefer. Please tell all your friends about us, subscribe, and rate us. The ratings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners, especially five-star reviews on Apple.